Timothy. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And for those of you that don't know me, which might be a few because I've not been up the front before, my name is Lizzie Ferguson. I'm an ordinand at Trinity. Uh, I'm married to John, and we've got baby Aoife. So we've been here a few weeks now, and it's so good to be with you. So thank you for having us and welcoming us so lovely. Um, So I'm going to be continuing our series on simplicity this week. We kicked us off last week uh, with the practice of simplicity. We want to look at different areas of our life where we maybe want to think about simplifying things and inviting God into them to highlight areas that maybe we can move away from. So today, we're going to be looking at focus. How do we highlight and move away from the clutter and distractions of our lives to focus more on Jesus? Why do we find it so hard to tune out the the constant noise and busyness of our lives to focus on him? Our world has become increasingly complex, hasn't it? Technology is meant to be more efficient. It's meant to make our lives more efficient and help us, but I don't know about you, I think it's so much more complex. I was looking up phones this week because mine's dying and I don't know what half of the stuff means. You need a degree to kind of get through things, don't you? Our life has become increasingly complex with advancement of technology, but also this culture of overworking. In the Western world, we have a habit of glamorizing exhaustion. You're not quite your best self if you're not on the verge of burnout. We want to impress people, but we're constantly being pulled in different directions, and people are vying for our attention. We need to almost be efficient plate spinners. How do we focus on Jesus when there is so much of our world vying for our attention? Um, As I've prepared for this talk, I have become more and more convinced that the quality of our life has to do with simplicity, what we focus on. I'm hoping that this talk is going to be more than encouraging you to clear out your loft and sort through your wardrobe. As uh, Freddie put it earlier this week, it's not a Marie Kondo talk today. What do we spend our energy on? Where is our focus? Because as we're about to read in our reading today, that will become the outworking of our heart. Our reading today, I don't know if we've got it, I've got it here if not, is from Matthew verse six, uh, chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. And it says this. Oh, amazing. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then, oh, if then, sorry, thank you. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve both God and money. Uh, In my research and looking up a bit more about this talk, I came across a study done in America by a lady called Vicky Medvek. She studied Olympic medalists, and she found that bronze medalists were happier than silver medalists because silver medalists were so focused on how close they were to getting gold, they were disappointed with coming second, whereas bronze medalists were so happy just to get a medal and be on the podium that they found contentment uh, with their bronze. Verse 21 of our reading today said that what we focus on, there our heart will lie, and that will become our truth and our reality. Our hearts will always follow our treasure. Jesus speaks of it uh, here on the Sermon on the Mount, which is where we find our reading, and in multiple times throughout his ministry too. Our hearts will always follow our treasure. We will worship what we focus on. Will said last week, uh, anything that takes us away from God or comes before him will rob us of life, not give us life. Jesus warns us against the earthly treasures. He's not necessarily warning us against having earthly treasures. We need clothes, we need food, we need possessions to live. But he's warning us against the value system that we place upon them in our lives. When materials and wealth, when that next promotion at our work becomes motivated by selfishness rather than service to God, that's when the problem starts. We need materials, but if they become our focus, not only can they be destroyed or stolen, they destroy us and they steal and rob from us too. So this is in contrast to our heavenly possessions, our heavenly treasures. I was kind of thinking, what did Jesus mean by this? And I've decided that something that he meant is Heavenly treasures are something we do on earth that has eternal effects. It's not necessarily something we hold or we own. Something we do on earth that has eternal effects. When my faith is challenged and I grow, when I give, when I pray, when I worship, when I serve, when I sit with God, when I love others, all of these things have eternal effects in heaven And Jesus says, I will be rewarded in heaven for my service. We need to focus on our heavenly treasures and focus on our heavenly master. In our reading today, Jesus tells us we cannot serve two masters. You can't be a good husband to two wives. John tells me one's enough anyway, so (laughs) I take it as a compliment. I don't think it's meant like that. You can't be a die-hard rugby fan to two teams. You can't be a devout Muslim and a devout Jew. You serve one master. We are not chameleons. We cannot have our focus on two different places. And we can't serve God and focus on things of earth. So um, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, oh, we just need to give up our responsibilities. I'm not calling us all to quit our jobs and give up our chores, Uh, our lives, jobs, hobbies, relationships. These are all really good things. They're gifts from God. But when they become our focus, when we take our eyes off of the creator onto these created things, 
that's when there's a problem. Living um, a life and focusing of simplicity, focusing on God, doesn't mean that we don't have responsibilities. Simplicity mean, simply means not allowing those possessions, those circumstances, our responsibilities, not allowing our desires of earth to control us, to consume us. Simplicity means holding those things lighter than we hold the will of God in our lives. Where is God working? Where is is he asking us to be his hands and his feet? That absolutely should be our main focus. I wonder if we're honest about what's in front of us. Jesus said, what people treasure becomes the guiding principles of their life. We give total loyalty to that which we hold significant. What holds most significance in our lives? Probably the things that we focus on, the things we spend most time upon. You might be thinking, well, my main focus isn't a possession, it's my job. That's great. How much of who you believe you are and your identity is wrapped up in your job, what you used to do? You might be thinking, well, my main focus is my family. And that's really important. Family is biblical and it's, it's a gift from God. But is our focus goodness, joy, contentment, loving them, enjoying the moment? Or is it worrying about finances, their health? Are they happy? Am I giving enough? I am saying this more to myself than anyone else as I was writing this. Our reading today tells us that what we place in front of us, what we see, what we focus on, that becomes our treasure. That becomes where we find our heart. What we fix our eyes upon is what we are feeding our whole being. In the Greek, the heart meant your whole being, your soul, your heart. It was the the absolute center of you. If what we fix our eyes upon is good and godly and wholesome, we find feelings of peace and joy and contentment, no matter what life throws at us. But if it's things that are filled with darkness, we become filled with darkness. We outwork our inward self. What we focus on and put our heart upon outworks into our life. I think as human beings, we're really good at self-deception. It's probably a survival instinct to pretend life's better than it is at times and to pretend that things in front of us aren't doing damage to us. It's fine. It's also quite British, isn't it? Stiff upper lip, bury your head in the sand. You might be thinking, oh, sorry. We're good at deceiving ourselves at how bad our habits can be. You might be thinking, reading that, I don't love money. You can't serve God and love money, so I don't love money, so that's fine. I love God and I serve God. But do we love the idea of that next promotion at work, that new car, that new holiday? Are there bragging rights within our lives that we hold on to? Do we love the idea of what's next? What's the next thing to be striving for? We're never quite content that we forget to say, where's God working now? I am worst at this. What's next, God? Let's go. And I just forget to stop, to focus 
Where is, where is he working now in my life? Where have you experienced God this week? That should be our focus. While refocusing on Jesus brings freedom and joy, it's never just that easy to turn away. The devil especially loves to make it hard. We think of Eve in the Garden of Eden, possibly the simplest of all lives. Eat fruit, name some animals, hang out with Adam and enjoy life. There were, she didn't even have clothes to clean, I mean. It was really, really simple. She was surrounded by total beauty and total simplicity. And yet Satan was able to shift her focus, to distract her by that one thing that was off limits. How much of us are focused on that next thing or that one thing that God said no to? Because Eve listened to Satan's enticing words, life suddenly became unnecessarily complex. Disciplining ourselves to focus on Jesus can highlight other areas that we're concentrating on. And that can be painful and that can be hard. Refocusing can reveal petty things that we rely upon, that we desire, that we use as comfort blankets. Um, Will last week spoke about a book called Abundant Simplicity by Jan Johnson. I want to read you this little bit from it. We may not have known we were hooked on luxuries, other people's attention or dressing to oppress until we abstained from those things for a while. Then we find we've used them to prop ourselves up or push ourselves forward. We begin wondering, why does it devastate me to think about giving this item away? Why is it so important that I mention this accomplishment? A couple of years ago, about eight years ago now, I was diagnosed with anxiety. I was signed off work for three months. I was put on medication. There was absolutely no reason for it. It came out of the blue. There wasn't a, a life event that happened. It was a really hard time. Um, I was such an independent, focused person, and suddenly I was very reliant on those I loved. But it was a really good time of noticing that I had been filling my life with unnecessary clutter to try and hide pain I didn't really know was there. It was a time where I realized I watched far too much TV, went out too much with my friends, internet shopped for no reason because there was pain and things in my identity and Jesus was begging to sit down and to clear it out and to talk to me. It was painful. I'm not saying it wasn't, you know, it was easy. I didn't just wake up one day and it was all gone. But I relied upon really irrelevant, cluttered stuff, hobbies that didn't actually bring me joy, just because I didn't want to own up to where I was. Refocusing on Jesus is about sitting with him and being willing to strip off those comfort blankets. I think the pandemic's been a really good example of that. It's been a really rough, horrible time. <laughs> Do you want to glamorize it? But one good thing is that it's meant so many of us have refocused. What actually is important? Is it my job title or is it that I get to spend time with my kids? Is it that new car on the drive that I'm not driving anyway? Or is it that I'm happy and healthy? 
But so often we hear about, oh, it's been a really good time of refocus. I haven't once heard people mention, it's meant I've refocused on God. It's been a really good time to refocus on where his hands and feet are. So where should our focus be? When I was thinking about this sermon, um, one of the songs that came to mind, some of you might know, is Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I won't sing it for you. <laughs> Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Encounter his love, his grace, his mercy, his will for your life. Through prayer and worship, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And strangely, because it's really countercultural, we won't care about things of the world. Suddenly, everything seems a little bit more simple. The point of refocusing, of gaining simplicity in our lives, is not about increased productivity or better efficiency, being healthier. The point of simply focusing on God is receiving God himself. And it sounds really cheesy, and it's just one of those taglines, isn't it? But it's so true. When we are focused on God, suddenly everything else melts away. Our focus should be on wherever God is working. Where is he wanting to work this week with us? If anything else takes our focus... It is an earthly idol. It's destined to be destroyed, and it's destined to destroy us. I want to set us a little bit of a challenge for this week. I say us because I'm aware that I'm preaching as much to myself today. I had a, I keep saying a new baby, but we've not got new babies anymore, have we? They're 10 months old. (laughs) Um, We have a a 10-month-old. I've got college. I've got my curacy sorted for May. I've got husband, friendships, relationships, everything's going on and being pulled in so many directions. I don't have time to refocus on God. Like, God just, you've got your Sunday slot. (laughs) I go to chapel once a week, you're fine. But I've always got time to be on Facebook. According to um, a statistic, the average internet-using adult spends 142 minutes a day on social media alone. So it's not including reading the news or internet shopping. 142 minutes a day. I've always got time to be on my phone or, you know, to never have time to write my essays, but (laughs) always have time to watch the bake-off. There's always time, isn't there, for good things. Where's the time for God? Simplicity of focus is about taking the time with God sitting with him and allowing him to expose those various things that we have our eyes upon to help us examine them, to be true about them, and then to ask God to strip them away. So challenge for this week is I would like us to spend five minutes every day. My maths teacher husband reliably informs me that's 0.35% of a 24-hour period, not even half a percent of your day. And I'd like us to ask three questions. What has consumed my focus today? What do I need to focus less on and give over to you, God? 
What do I need to focus more on? And how will I practically do that? Where practically are you going to find time to focus more on God? So what has consumed my focus today? What do I need to focus less on and give over to God? What do I need to focus more on? And how will I practically do that? That's our challenge, just for a week. So that'll be, let's do five days, 25 minutes this week to give to God, to focus, refocus on what he's calling us to. I'd like to conclude by just reading uh, this short passage from Romans. It's the message version, which is um, sort of an interpretation of the Bible. And it's Romans 12, 2, and it says this. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. Amen.